0: Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month. What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. 3, 2, 1.
1: The following is a live, copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, radiolawtalk.com.
2: Hello everyone, welcome to another edition, installment, if you will, of radiolawtalk.com. If you heard the intro, he said now Fred Penny, who is not here again. Uh, Fred's got so much going on, doesn't he, Denise? I mean, Fred Penny is chief cook, bottle washer, burn candle at both ends, in the middle. Where is Fred? If there was ever a proposal to turn a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week into 25 hours and 8 days, he'd be up for it, wouldn't he?
3: I think he already does that. He probably
2: already does. You know, that's, that's why his calendars never work. He's looking for a day to, uh, to sandwich in between Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so, Fred, we miss you. We'll see you back here next week. Todd Kunin filling in for him here and seated in the usual position of prominence. Denise Dirks, how you doing, Denise?
3: I'm doing great, and I'm looking straight at you.
2: That's right. I sat in a different spot this morning, didn't I? Yes. I, I sat across from Denise as opposed to... At the head of the table here in the broadcast booth. She likes that eye contact I noticed. I do. Well, it, it's also because when she flicks rubber bands at me, she likes it to really inflict <laughs> pain, and it's too far down the table to do it elsewhere.
3: Yeah, and when I throw the grapes, you yeah, know, you- to your mouth, it can get... a into your mouth. I that, taught that's, my that's
2: bank teller how
1: to do the rubber band off the pinky, you know, with the so you know the pinky release and oh. so it's like a little. It, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now every time I go in, she shoots me with a rubber band. So.
2: <laughs> you know when I was when I was a kid, kids don't have paper routes anymore, do no. they? No. So when no. I when no. I was a kid, when I was fourteen, thirteen, fourteen years old, I had a paper route. You know, and and the newspaper company, they, they give you the papers and you got to fold them up and wrap them with rubber bands and go out and deliver them. And well, I had this big bag of rubber bands and I remember like three days after I started, can I get another bag of rubber bands? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the one you had? I have like six brothers and sisters, <laughs> and I'm sure they're all over the place. I think the cat's eaten about a half dozen, but we got in a big fight. I need some more rubber bands.
1: <laughs> and the vacuum cleaner is now officially damaged, but we yes. on
2: repair. <laughs> yeah, good times, good times. And that you know, that smooth, melodic voice that you hear, that's Cal uh, Hunter. How you doing, Cal? You know what? I'm doing well.
1: Uh, I'm actually doing much better. I've been a little bit you know, on the decline a little bit, the smoke. Fires from the smoke made me kind of a little ill, but I'm doing great now. I'm okay. just doing great. Feeling good. Looking smoke marvelous. from
2: the fires, quotation marks. <laughs> Well, where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay. All, all right. All right. It just, you know, as long as it, you know, I think we're about due to do another, uh, another show on the local marijuana laws. I agree. Right? Not local, but nationwide, see how things are going. Yeah,
3: we should update. That's a really good idea. That yeah. was pretty much one of our first shows. That was
2: one of the first shows yeah. I yeah. was on with Radio Law Talk it was back when... Uh, that back...
3: was the first one you were on, huh?
2: Uh, I did one before that was it for a, a uh, and the one before DOIs? that was about it was about driving under okay. the influence field sobriety tests things like that got it which was
1: also a great job they just busted a guy up in my part of the country who was who went in rented some apartments and houses Ripped out the insides and then turned them into inside marijuana grows. They got 900 plants from this guy, and I, people going, "Oh, the cartels—they don't impact." Are you kidding me? It's obviously somebody had to finance something
2: like that. Nine 900
3: hundred plants—not that much. Well, how did how do
2: they distinguish <laughs> well, that? How did, how did they distinguish that from personal use? Well, it's <laughs> exactly I was going to say <laughs> well, that. It's, it's that's an indoor grow, use. so
1: 900 plants do pretty well. They—that's a lot of money. It's a—it's you know. Yeah.
2: If, I, if I remember correctly folks were talking originally it was uh, the the, matter, the marijuana laws Colorado was the first if I recall correctly and then the other states just started coming along and, and we addressed that here right around the time California was adopting the recreational use of marijuana and and making that legal and I remember doing the calculations if you were really good if you yes. were a if you were a, a dynamo at horticulture. And you could get these things to grow um, under the personal use amount, the number of plants you could have— Given an estimated street value, it was, it was like you could have almost up to one hundred and forty thousand dollars of marijuana and still call it all personal
1: use. Yep. Six plants at a time, but you can roll through three or four growth cycles. So then you, if got, you're really good, and you've got twenty four plants, and yeah. and you know you, they, if you indoor stuff is the primo stuff. Apparently, I don't know, but that's what I've been told.
2: Yeah, I, it, again, if you're really good, if it were me, I could raise cacti, a cactus in the desert, and it would still die. Okay, and I just uh, no green thumb here. I'm not really cut out for that.
3: And I can't kill a plant.
2: You you, you can't kill I a can't. plant? I like, can't. Like morally, you you just, just oh, you know, the plants are people too. Or you just, whatever you do, you, uh, plants always grow.
3: My plants always grow except my garden this year. My garden was a mess mm. because it was just too hot.
1: Well, I'm an Idahoan. So when I walk into the grocery store, here's how bad I am. I walk into the grocery store by the bags of potatoes. And every time I get there, the potatoes look at me, and they all turn green, wither up, and die. I'm just not good at growing stuff. I'm yeah. just
3: not. Well, you are. In fact, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you today. I was thinking about this. Um, you grow a wonderful beard. And so Thank I was you. wondering I when you're going to start growing your beard.
1: Well, you know, I was going to, and I just got a call from a local, uh, because I'm not doing a show this year, but I did get a call from a local museum thing, and they want me to do the picture Santa and I think I might. I think I'm going to do that. So it means I either have to start growing or get a good set of whiskers, and they're hard to find. Ones that look good are hard to find.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to try not to take offense, given the fact that I, I've been doing the show with Denise for four years. And for, when are you going to start growing? And, and with the exception, <laughs> and with the exception of maybe three weeks or three three instances of shows, I have always had at least a goatee, but most of the time a beard. Never once has Denise complimented me on my beard. Well, I I am hurt. Well, mine I, looks really good. Ouch. Yeah, well, no. yeah, yours looks really good. Cal, gro- Cal grows his beard out, and he looks like Santa Claus. Yes. He spit an image of Santa Claus. If I grow my beard out, you know, I look like one of those twisted elves that's in the back who, who's, who's, who's trying to make etch-a-sketches but really can't up in the North Pole.
3: You look like the, the Alaska Bushman is what you look like.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Well,
3: I, you know, I, I kind of like
2: the I, of that. I was going <laughs> to say, that's <a> upside downside. <laughs> well, well, okay, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, but, but, you know, this isn't radio beard talk, mm-hmm. uh, radio facial hair talk. It's not, I uh, don't know, radio potato talk or how to ra- radio let's grow stuff talk. It's Radio Law Talk, and we got law stuff to talk about today. Uh, what have we got on tap here? South Carolina lawyer Murdoch, more stuff about what him. What story. Oh Is that my. a saga that just will never end? Uh, and speaking of things that will never end, we, more Britney Spears updates here and her, her, uh, the father of her children, her former – were they ever married? Yeah. Okay, her former yeah. spouse, Kevin Federline, also a former dancer in her entourage, uh, he is weighing in about what he thinks uh, about the conservatorship. we got a California DJ filing a lawsuit over a Southern California oil spill. Uh, what else do we have here Greenville Attorney Partners with Wildfire Litigation. That's going to be a good one. Yes, it is. Oh, the, now I was looking forward to this one just from the initial look alone. Hot tub on wheels. <laughs> you know, if ever there was a service, you know, I, I need to Doordash a hot tub. Why? Because I really need a good soak. If I could just, you know, what would they call it? Tub hub? <laughs> That's what yes. they got to call it. And,
1: and bring some fried chicken with you if we're going to do that. You Absolutely. Well,
2: we're heading into our first break, folks. Uh, we get back. We're going to have case or no case. Cal's going to try to stump us. And if he is, you know, Cal's risking his eternal damnation and future, whatever, for lying. But, hey, he'll do it for the points <laughs> and maybe a free meal. We'll hear that when we come back, and then we'll get to the topics. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. That's me. Points in a free meal. That's what I live for. Thank you, Todd.
1: We hope you <laughs> live for listening to Radio Law Talk because we have a lot more of that coming up right here on the local station to which you are listening. And many of you are streaming at RadioLawTalk.com. We thank you. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a bit. Stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. It's coming right up after we break away. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio La Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA.
0: 800-918-1376 800-918-1376 That's 800-918-1376 Ever wonder how the credit card companies make their
4: money? Well, think about this. If you owe $25,000 on five different credit cards and you make your minimum payments every month. Here's what it's going to cost you. Are you sitting down? You'll shell out over 13 grand in additional interest and it's going to take over 13 years to pay off your original $25,000 balance. That's how they make money. Now it's your turn to fight back by calling the Debt Solutions Network. We'll work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. We promise we can and will reduce your debt.
0: Call right now for a free 15-minute debt analysis. 866-451-3328. 866-451-3328. 866-451-3328. That's 866-451-DEBT.
5: My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home, guaranteed fixed or replaced, with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back.
0: Call now, 800-238-9182, 800-238-9182, 800-238-9182, again, that's
2: 800-238-9182. Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
4: Where's
2: Fred?
1: This is a great time to call the show. 855-LAW-RADIO. That's 855-LAW-RADIO.
2: Well, rumor has it that the real reason people tune into Radio Law Talk is because of case or no case. That's where Cal tries to stump us. He, he comes up with, uh, w- with a scenario well, he comes up with a fact pattern. Let's, let, let's use Legal Ease Law School. He comes up with a fact pattern, gives it to us. We have to decide if it is really a case or not a case. And if we think that it is a case, it's something that really happened, what the outcome is. If he stumps us, he gets points. We keep points. First one to 50 points, so the way we tally him, gets a free dinner paid for by the other folks that participate in this. Allegedly, um you know, Fred won two cycles ago. he has yet to get his. I won last cycle. I have yet to get mine i, I think I think what it comes to Fred and I are just gonna door dash like a meal to each other and call it good. How's that sound
1: so good? I like it true facts or funky facts is what case or no case is all about
2: oh, is and- that is that is that how you're getting around the word lying calling yes. the- no <laughs> No, I was not lying. I was providing funky facts. See, alternate. alternate. Uh, or, or as Black's Law Dictionary says, a uh, conventional puffery. Okay. <laughs> That's how lawyers get around it. What do you got? Tal? And here's what I have for you. Now right it's time today. to
1: play Case or No Case. Yay! In this high security environment that we live in, I have a question for each of you just to ruminate on. Uh, Is Microsoft fast and loose with their customers' data, especially in their cloud office system? Three Northern California business people seem to think so. They were at a Chamber of Commerce function one time, and the topic came up. One guy said, whenever I write something on Office 360, I get ads that pop up on that topic on my Facebook he discussed the possibility that Microsoft shared their data with Facebook and other third parties without their knowledge and permission. That's against federal law, said one of them. Of course, one of them was a new attorney, and he said, hmm, I wonder if we can find out if this is really happening. And if so, uh, in other words, do we have a
2: case or no case? Todd, how would you like to start? Well, this is – my first thought was it, the, the name may be <laughs> – it, it's not called MicroStrict <laughs> – no. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're micro, you know, ha, and, and uh, pro Michael tip. Easy. Pro tip for those of you questioning the strength of your relationship with your significant other, if you ever log on to your computer and these ads start popping up for local divorce attorneys or singles, <laughs> something may be amiss, especially if you know you weren't looking for that stuff. But uh, uh, Denise is over here going,
3: i like, it happens all the time. It,
2: it happens all, all the time. Me, how, do you, how do you, hey, what do you think? For those of you don't know, D- Denise, family law attorney, and so she handles divorce and child custody and all that kind of stuff, and so she's over there. Y- yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Duh. what I that's what I do. Uh, and you do crime. That's right. That's right. As, <laughs> as long as as long, yeah, I'm just not going to go. So there. what do you think, case or no case? Case or no case? <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to say that this is this is a scenario. But uh, but as it relates to a specific case, naming the people that you talked about, I'm going to say no case. It's a scenario. It's something here. It's something that public has been made aware of, and there's concerns hasn't materialized into a case. Yet.
1: Okay, fair enough. Denise Dirks, Dirks, pardon me. What say you? Case I, or no case?
3: Is is it like? Is there any venue or any more information like names or anything? That Washington you think
1: of State, the home state of oh, Microsoft.
2: State. Yes. So.
3: Oh, okay. That makes it nicer. Um, <laughs> N- nice. Uh,
2: you know, I was really ticked off at the at the invasion of privacy, but it's Washington, so it's
3: okay. It's nice. It's too. nice.
1: Yeah.
2: Let's all get along. And they're a pot
1: legal state. <laughs> so all you know,
3: if it was a case, I think that Microsoft has a defense because I think when you use Microsoft, you have to sign and agree to their data um, sharing. So there's a data sharing provision in their uh, licensing agreement.
1: So when you go on the cloud, there you are just by clicking the "I agree." You're doing as, as what I want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. You're,
3: you're c- voluntarily putting the cl- it up into the cloud storage, and I think there's some kind of a an agreement between Microsoft and the cust the end customers. But I don't think it's the case either. Oh, she hates Darn it when she it. has to
2: do this. When Denise has to agree with me, it, it's like it's like nails it's distaste- on a chalkboard for her.
3: It's distasteful. Well,
2: <laughs> add that to the list of things about me that are distasteful. It's a very long list. Okay, well, let me tell okay. you how this all turned uh, out. Uh, yes, okay. please do.
1: Let me tell you how it all turned out. First off, somebody is going to be very happy. <laughs> and that somebody is yeah. me. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. The case was filed by this new lawyer with the hope it would become a class action suit. But here's one analysis from that was turned down after the case was filed. These shocking allegations are accompanied by no evidence, none. One analyst said you will find no technical detail in the pleading, no reports of expert forensic examinations, no casual descriptions of observed data transfers, no anecdotes even. It's remarkable. What's even more remarkable is if these allegations are true, again, a very, very, very big if, he says, then multiple other sources with far more technical resources have somehow missed Microsoft's blatant violations of privacy. So, yes, the case was filed, and the people who filed it lost, Microsoft. Wow. It was rejected rather flatly, shall we say with a scathing analysis I would think. If you're going to turn this in, show me some data and information here, right?
3: Well, you know what yeah. that means, right? That means that Washington state is not a notice type of a state where you have to allege a lot more in the complaints than you do in in South, uh, California.
2: Yeah. It, yeah, right? a, a, a lot a lot of times when these complaints are filed, I, the thing the issue that I have with that is it it makes it almost sound like you have to have all your eyes dotted and T's crossed and and, and Have all of your information before you even conducted a discovery. You know, a lot of times what really happened comes out in the discovery process, but that appears to have been gutted by this decision. But good for you, Cal. You got two points. Yeah, first ten. Now, the next time we're going to go to Washington again. Okay. For a different kind of alleged robbery, this time in a bank. What do you want to bet Cal's looking for property in Washington and that's why we had. All right, we're at the bottom of the hour break and uh, Cal. Wow, you got a little I just, bit.
1: I just want you to believe me.
2: I do not want to move to Washington. Okay. I've, I've been there, and everything is, turns moldy because it rains all the time. That's the one reason I really couldn't live there. Is I, I got to be able to see the sun. Yeah, so. yeah. I have a daughter who lives there, and she comes in. The bottom of her shoes have mold on them. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be back after this. We'll get to talking about. Uh, oh, good heavens! College admission scandal trial results. I can't wait.
1: Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA.
4: Yeah.
0: Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Med. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800 251 7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs. A CGM can immediately reduce pain, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 800 251 75
4: 7612 If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Boys are weird.
1: Email the show anytime you'd like. Info at radiolawtalk.com. I-N-F-O, Info.
2: So if you've been following the news for the last year or so, and you've been following Radio Law Talk for the last year or so, one of the cases or one of the investigations by the Department of Justice that we followed was uh, an investigation called Varsity Blues, and it was looking into and investigating a college admissions scandal. The, the allegations were that the wealthy were paying money and donating to fictitious charities and doing all sorts of stuff to grease the skids so that their kids, whom they believe wouldn't otherwise qualify to go to schools, would end up being able to get to schools. And it involved uh, fraudulent allegations of fraudulent test taking. All of these were the, the allegations against folks. And it, it, it caught up some pretty big name celebrities. Felicity Huffman, who is the one from Fuller House um, – Oh, I'm pulling a. My mind's got a. I'm pulling a blank here. From Full House, she was. She was like John Stamos's wife, on Lori Full, Loughlin. Lori Loughlin, yes, and and her husband, their kids got into, uh, their their kids got into USC on a uh, a rowing scholarship for the rowing team. And uh, depriving other individuals of, of their, allegedly, their dreams of rowing as they worked hard in high school to get into, i saying that somewhat facetiously, I don't know very many high schools that have rowing teams. But anyway, with the fraud and everything that happened, a lot of folks uh, pled and received sentences. And Denise's the sentences range from anywhere from no time to one day to one person got nine months, right?
3: Right. Those are the ones that voluntarily pled. Um,
2: yes. Uh, well, as opposed to the ones that involuntarily pled. I, I don't know if I've ever heard of somebody. Well, an involuntary plea is somebody who is what we're talking about here. Yes. The folks that decided I'm not going to plead. I'm going to take
3: it to trial. That's right. Uh, a person named Mr. Wilson. He was a private equity finance financier. Is that how you you say that financier. Yes. Financier. financier 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 john
2: wilson yes and yes. gamal Abde- abdeliz uh, abdeliz
3: yeah and he abdeliz was um a ceo for both gap and staples at some point so these are big power you know people um and they pled not guilty and they went through a trial and the trial was together they tried the two defendants together which to me always feels like that's wrong yeah that that, yeah, that is somewhat
2: that is interesting. Uh, it, when they tr- when two defendants are tried together, that presents some very interesting hurdles, especially when, let's say, one defendant has statements that they have made, right? Now, normally, statements that somebody else has made that are not made at the witness stand, is called hearsay, and it's not admissible. However, a defendant in a case can have their statements, previous statements brought in by whoever... They told them to because there's an exception to the hearsay rule called the admission of a party opponent. And since a defendant is opposing the prosecution, their statements come in. But when you try two people together, if one person made a statement that implicated both of them, well, it's not a statement that the other guy made. How can the jury use that against him when the one guy made it? And sometimes they have to have separate juries to hear different evidence. I don't know how it worked out, but you're right. It does present some interesting problems.
3: Yeah, it does. And um, the two of them were actually found guilty by a jury, which was six women and six men. And they were found guilty of conspiracy to commit fraud and conspiracy to commit bribery. And Mr. Wilson was also found guilty on aiding and abetting in fraud and bribery and filing a false tax return. Remember, the reason tax implications are here is because the the mastermind of this whole uh, plan um, to get kids into colleges without them earning. Is that the, Robert Singer? Yes, yes. Singer. Um, he, he told everybody that it was um, a donation and it was tax deductible and he had a charity. He actually had a, a 501 whatever it 501 is. 501c3 charity. You go. Yeah. he had a charity set up and so people that contributed to that charity um, they took it you know a deduction on their tax return and if they took that deduction that it gave them an additional, charge
1: because i think they knew I, I think they knew they were gaming the system as uh, i think what the irs was saying you guys you knew you knew you were gaming the system well, you know this was a phony charity
2: in order to achieve a conviction for fraud they would have had to have shown that the people knew right. and, and that that the scenario was essentially like look we, we, i just can't i can't have you give a quarter million dollars right to the school so your kid can get in that's not going to work so here's yeah. what we're going to do i'm going to set up a charity i'm using air quotes here and it's all it's all legit using air quotes under the legit you can you, even deduct it you do you donate to the charity and i don't know why i'm using you know a mafioso accent or whatever but you donate to the charity the monies will get dispersed to the people that can make the decisions <laughs> and your kid gets in by the way can your kid row all right that's great you know, and that's so kind of can they post pictures. Oars? Yeah. Send, send, send me
3: pictures of your
2: kid on a rowing machine. OK. <laughs> exactly. uh, but, and, and so it's so
3: the, these so two. I, I got to ask a yeah, question. Sure. Um, I mean, the the hardest sentence so far was nine months. That's right. What are these guys looking at?
2: Well, here's the thing. The, the the sentencing guidelines, if I recall correctly, for some of these were like in the in the multiple years. Right. And so. So here's the question. And this is where it's going to – this is where everybody who pled is, is going to find out if they, if they made the right choice to enter a plea deal and get a lower sentence when they find out what these two are ultimately sentenced to. Because if these two guys end up getting say, – let's say hypothetically they get the same as the harshest penalty, nine months. You know, or maybe they get six months. If they get six months, the guy who did nine on a plea is like, what the heck? I should have taken it to trial, right? If, uh, if they get nine months, then, then the person that did uh, two weeks or one month says, well, okay, I, I, I wasn't in custody for an extra eight months. Good deal. But here's the question. What if, hypothetically, I, I can't remember the sentencing range, but let's say these guys get five years, right? They, let's say they each get five years, What do you think that they're going to say, Well, wait a second, everybody else got one week to one day to nine months, I get five years, but what did I do? I exercised my constitutional right to a trial. How am I – why am I being punished?
1: But everybody knows courts don't like it when they offer you a plea and you say no – the judges, I don't think, look on that favorably. They said, now I have to go through all this trouble just to come to what now was the same conclusion, if convicted, I should yeah, say. Yeah, but
3: they have the right to due process. Oh, I know, so, but I'm so, just saying.
2: So if a judge came out and worded it exactly the way that you said it there, Cal, who, I, I, could, I, could, I, could, I could see somebody saying – so, I got sentenced because the judge got ticked off because I exercised my constitutional right, and the judges thought we were wasting all our time, and that's what it is. Here's why there's a different way to look at it, and this is why the I was punished because I took it to trial right. argument doesn't work, and it's for this reason. Okay. In sentencing, there is what the sentence would otherwise normally be if it went to trial. And then there are certain mitigating factors that a court can consider to lower the sentence. And one of the mitigating factors is acceptance of responsibility at an early phase of the proceeding. If you choose to accept responsibility, then the court can look at that to reduce it from what the sentence would have otherwise always been. Now, you can look at that and say, well, that's just an interesting way to justify being harsh. I, I like to use this example. Everybody knows about Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving and Walmart and everybody gets these incredible deals. You can get right. a you know sixty inch big screen TV 12 you know, I'm using as a high, for twelve bucks, right? <laughs> right, right? Now, now, if I choose to wake up at one o'clock in the morning and go and stand in line to avail myself of this early opportunity to purchase that big screen TV for twelve bucks, then I get it. But if I don't avail myself of that and I want to buy the big screen TV two weeks later. What do I pay for it? I pay regular price, right? I have to do something to take advantage of it. I have to avail, you know, uh, to take advantage of the early deal, and and that's where this comes in. So they can't say, "Well, I'm being punished." Of course, going to come back and say everybody else got a deal because they accepted responsibility in the early phase of the proceedings. They took advantage of a statutory circumstance and mitigation. You did not, so you get what the case is worth without it. And that's what their sentence is going
3: to be. You know who the real victims are, besides the other college students that didn't get into their, you know, desired colleges.
2: The jury that had to sit there through this for two weeks and go, Oh my gosh, poke <laughs> no, my eyes out with the children. I think the kids who the did children, in, yeah. the,
3: uh, You wanna hear why? It's really sad what happened. Um, not only did Olivia Jade lose her branding, she was quite a influencer. That's, that's Lori Loughlin's yes. Yeah. And um, and she um, that's one thing. But in this particular case, Mr. Wilson had paid for his twin daughters to go to Harvard and to Stanford, I think it was, respectively. And guess what? They were still in high school, so they don't get to go to those schools. Hmm.
2: You know what? We, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to pick that up for just a little bit when we get back, because I agree with that. But I, I'll also raise the they may have dodged a bullet argument. Yes. But we'll talk about that when we come back. Cal? And you, Todd, we got through and three quarters of the first hour already?
1: Wow. Yeah, isn't this is flying by. We have a lot of other stuff to talk about too, and I hope you stay tuned for all of it because you will not want to miss a minute of Radio Law Talk right here. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For-
2: Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart?
1: Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win.
2: That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or give them a call one 800 617 for law. That's p
4: e n n e y Lawyers.com
1: ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm.
0: If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. So, if you've lost a loved one due to COVID 19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number 800 918 7092. 800 918 7092. That's 800 918 7092. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Fancy Pants Peanut Butter?
3: A big screen television. You haven't even bought a sofa yet. A motorcycle? When your father finds out, he's gonna flip his shoes with two buckles? What do you even need two buckles for? Mr. Big Shot. Buying whiskey shots for everybody in the bar. From the looks of it, I'd say nobody even remembers. Feed the pig.
1: Life is full of bittersweet transitions. It's difficult to know how these changes will impact us over time. For some people, difficult transitions like retirement, divorce, or loss of a loved one can hit harder than expected. is available 9 to noon Pacific every Saturday, live on radio Law talk.com and on many radio stations coast to coast.
4: Radio Law Talk. I like that show. Oh, come on.
1: This is Radio Law Talk.
2: So, yes, when we went to break talking about the college admissions scandal, Denise Dirks went there. She used the what about the children argument that you that you always see when people are talking and they're back and forth about all these things. And there's always what about
3: the children? Well, that's normal for a family law attorney. You're always thinking of the best interest of the children. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, you know, as a criminal defense attorney, I'll
2: bring it up on sentencing. Don't put them in a prison. What about his kids? So uh, so let's, let's talk a little bit more about what you're talking about with the children. Specifically, you're talking about folks – the kids that got in as a result of the activities that people have either pled to or been found guilty of now. Yes. And – were they able to stay in school? I know you've been doing research. What is the general consensus of those?
3: Well, it depends on the school. Yes. And it also depends on the person because apparently Olivia Jade is still enrolled in USC, although she has voluntarily dropped out. Um, and uh, other other places like USC for the ones that were involved in the scandal, and if they had been given and what they've rescinded their admissions in other words uh there's a bunch of children that are in that one um then it also is the um i don't know Yale has rescinded the offer so i would say most of the the universities are in fact rescinding the offers but i tried to find out whether or not they were actually rescinding degrees and i don't think they did i don't think they rescinded I I don't
2: know how many people got in as a result of the scandal and actually stayed in and got the degree. I don't know how long the scandal was going on, but got in, stayed in and then graduated. And now they have their degree. I don't know how many people that applies to. But regardless of of whether they do or not, and and the folks that are – that have lost their place in school because the school has removed them those decisions that was not because a court went in and said "and these people are now ordered to be out of school those decisions were left up to the individual schools what to do with those kids is that right
3: yeah because the schools were viewed as a victim that's in fact how it became a federal case was because of the federal monies that are involved in universities they received federal funds but
1: like many victims they had an opportunity to do due diligence on these students did they not I mean, does the school have any obligation to look at a picture of a person that's a rower and say, sure, let's check this out. Does the admissions people do that or just the scholarship coach?
2: So so let's let's catch people up to speed about what we're talking about here. So so as it relates to USC and I think Stanford was the same way um, with program with a program there Uh, with USC, it involved the rowing team primarily. And it was Stanford. It was the sailing team. Now, I went to Brigham Young University. We didn't have a sailing team. (laughs) Uh, at least that I you know I get sail
1: up. on the great Salt
2: lake yes, yes, if you have ever driven <laughs> past the Great Salt Lake, you know why you wouldn't want to sail too long out there but right. um, and, and so the 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 idea here was the the scheme was if you if your kid can't qualify just normally. The athletic department recruits for specific sports that aren't big feeders from high school. Anyway, because take rowing. There's not a lot of high schools that have rowing teams. Like almost every high school, if they have a sports program, is going to have baseball, basketball, football, you know, volleyball. volleyball. They've got those. But rowing is just not one of those that has it. But USC has a rowing team. And historically at USC, the coach is going over to the volleyball uh, players saying, you know, y- y- you've got a good physique, you got a good size, you would do really well in rowing. And they just kind of pluck him out there and put him into rowing. So USC had this program where folks could get in on a, quote, uh, rowing scholarship. And all they really had to do was promise that at some point in time while they were there, they would consider walking on to the, uh, the rowing team. Well, that's a pretty huge loophole, and these folks that wanted to get their kids and were like, well, "We could take advantage of that." So I'm going to go ahead and have my kid apply and say that she'll consider walking on. And we'll even take a picture of her on a row on a on a on a rowing machine and claim she was on a club team somewhere. And and so and so that's how she got the scholarship. Now, under that specific scenario, given. How hard the school was working to even find people to recruit and apply. I don't know how many people were displaced because of that, because it seemed to be given that policy that they were having a hard time finding people that were even interested to come in and do that. Sure. And I think the same thing was true with Stanford and the sailing team, because again, most high schools don't have sailing programs. Um, and so that's the way that it worked. But I understand that. However, if in order to get in, you're still sending your child to a special proctor to take the SAT or ACT or whatever it is they took and given an extra time and maybe even some of the scores are being doctored to be higher than what they were and – that's where it gets really hinky. Along with the payment of money towards fictitious charities and and what have you, it, you have to look at everything collectively. You can't just look at the one thing. Like, yeah, but USC needed rowers. Maybe they did, but, but they, they didn't did. get one. Yeah, yeah. but they, but they didn't need. <laughs> they, they didn't need people that were going to fake tests and grease the skids with cash. Right. They, they didn't need that. No,
3: and what does it do to the children? I mean, is it really fair um to put your child into that realm, into that university, if they didn't they couldn't pass a SAT test. And, you know, I, it, a lot could be on the stake here, more than just the money, more than just, you know, kicking another child out of the school. It could be, how well did the children really do once they got in school? Yeah, you could ta- they compete?
2: You were talking about Wilson, right? And, yes. and his two kids that were still in high school, twin daughters, and, and he was trying to get him into Harvard. Harvard and, Yale. Uh,
3: Harvard and Stanford, I think it yeah.
2: was. So so here's the thing. Th- those are pretty yeah. competitive universities academically. Right. Yes. If, if you can't qualify to get into those universities, are you setting if, – if your kids can't qualify normally to get in, are you setting them up to fail academically if you put them in a school that might be beyond their capability to begin with? That's one. The bigger thing the, – the bigger question I have is more from a psychological standpoint is this. And I think this might have applied to the Laughlin kids. The actions and the activities of the parents were going on unbeknownst to the kids. That is the allegation for the Laughlins. Like the kids are like, don't punish them. They didn't know what we were doing. We did all of this. What does that say about the parent-child relationship when the kid finally goes, Wait a minute. So you think you, I'm you, so— You had so much lack of faith in right. my ability to pass this test that you were willing to pay somebody to doctor numbers and to grease the skids and to do—that is the real—when you say what about the children, mm-hmm. that's the one that I, that breaks my
3: heart. Well, you know what? You know, I went to University of Oregon, and there it was really hard to get in as well. And all I had to do to get in was to be able to, to do the duck waddle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> did, did you have to do it, or did you row the duck waddle? Um.
3: <laughs> I didn't even have to do it in water. <laughs> oh, okay,
1: <laughs> I'm just saying I'm disappointed to see that parents teaching their children ultimately that the end justifies the means. We got you in school by whatever means necessary, you know. I yeah. just, I just don't get that at all. Mm-hmm. Why would a parent do that?
3: Yeah, it's. Uh... I don't think it was well thought out. I, I think they got into the trap, and they thought it was a good idea, and they loved USC because Lori Laughlin apparently really wanted her girls yeah. to go there, and a lot of times it's about the egos of the parent more than... Their mistrust, or if you will, of their ch- children.
2: As, as with most schemes, whether they're illegal or just stupid things that we do in life, it always sounds like a good idea until the promise of nobody will ever find out proves to be an <laughs> erroneous prom- promise. And then people find out, at which time you're like, Oh no! Until the no, knock comes on the door, right? Yeah, and it exactly. costs. It
3: costs. The, just look at the Laughlin's. Um, Lori lost her um, gig with Hallmark. She'd been with Hallmark forever. She she does. She also got kicked off of Fuller House.
2: She did. But I I'm still waiting. Lori Laughlin was pigeonholed into a certain typecast because the wholesome whatever. She had all those Hallmark movies. I think after that stint in prison, this is going to help her career because now she's going to get those edgy, uh, edgier roles like Fatal Attraction and stuff like that. Like
3: Farrah Fawcett did in it, Burning Bed, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I, I am got it. I'm
2: waiting for She's going to be the Glenn Close Fatal Attraction. I can do anything after that whole wholesome, uh, the natural, oh, I'll wait for you and raise your child. Until you decide baseball's over and you want to help me. Oh, well, we've reached uh, the end of the first hour. I'm off on a tangent, so the end of the first hour probably came right at a good time. <laughs> we'll be back after these messages with more radio law talk. We've clearly reached an impasse, but we'll
1: resolve it in the next seven minutes. You stay tuned, and the show will continue at six after the next hour. Thanks for listening. We'll be back.
5: My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home, guaranteed fixed or replaced, with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back.
0: Call now. 800-238-9182. 800-238-9182. 800-238-9182.
5: Again, that's 800-238-9182.